Welcome to the Between the Ears podcast. This week we have Spencer Nix on the show. Spencer is the owner and chief researcher at Behavior and Performance Research out of Dallas, Texas. As a performance coach, he has over 20 years of experience working with professional athletes, executives, and everyday clients. He has lectured and coached throughout North and South America, and as a behavior specialist, he holds a master's degree in neuroscience and applied cognition, as well as being a candidate for his Doctor of Psychology, PsyD. Uh, Spencer was actually one of my Level 1 instructors when I took my Level 1 in 2010, and it was just a really awesome full circle kind of connection uh, conversation to have to sit down and, and, and have with Spencer. We talk about his journey as a CrossFit uh, owner, operator, coaching behavior versus coaching equipment or movements, and finding fitness through failure in a pretty powerful and vulnerable and, and honest way. And uh, it's an honor to chat with Spencer. Lots of wisdom packed into this. I think you're going to enjoy. So without further ado, here's the show. Hello. <laughs> we have a thing. We always start with just like, hello, hello. And then the guests sometimes are like. But they usually get it. They usually get it. But it's always I an interesting we, thing because each time is going to be different, which is cool. Jason I think Ackerman we nailed it. I think so. Messed it up. We told him that too. Yeah. Like Jason, yeah, the I first guest to mess it up. <laughs> Spencer, Spencer Nix, what's up, man? Welcome. Good to see you. Great to see you guys. Thank you so much. Um, I've been looking forward to this and happy to be here. Yeah, for sure. What um, what have you been looking forward to about it? Well, for a long time, I told myself a story that I was the only one that felt like a gym or a fitness center should somehow incorporate psychology and biology. And then I come across uh, or, or reconnect um, to a large extent with you guys. And I was just so thrilled to see what you guys were doing and the way that you were saying it. And um, yeah, just to, I'm at a place in my life where I feel like I'm not, trying to be competitive, but I'm trying to be creative. And so to see what you guys are mm -hmm. doing and just to have an open conversation um, is something that, yeah, it's just really appealing to me. Mm, yeah. It's cool to have that. Um, I personally find it very, uh, I guess, inspiring, but empowering maybe of like not having it be necessarily competition, but to your point, this, creativity this formal or informal collaboration this mm -hmm. very mutual like oh cool like we like see what spencer's doing down there that's really awesome you know some different people doing some different things mm -hmm. 
and just kind of having this feeding itself type of thing. And we talked about it a little bit when we chatted last, but like to buttress against maybe the isolation that comes with being in the fitness industry. Yeah. And I think for, (laughs) I don't know how it is up in New Jersey, but here for many years, my mentality was, and I'm not saying that this is a good thing, but it was competitive, even as a business owner. And, Mm. you know, I didn't want to see other people succeed. And I thought they had to lose for me to win. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as I've done this for longer and longer, I realized that's not true. And, And especially as we're proceeding in the direction that we are, it feels, uh, a lot healthier of a journey because of that, you know, like we were talking before we started recording to see your website and to see how awesome it is. I think the Spencer 15 years ago would be wildly jealous of it, but now it's Mm. like, Oh man, that's so great. Like I love the way that they put that together. And like you said, it just, it sparks this, uh, inspiration and, and further, um, courage i think to be mm-hmm. to be bold and and to to try to make these connections in ways that that i think a few years ago was almost like a taboo to talk about yeah i love yeah. that I, it's like great also that you're just honest about that because i think that's mm-hmm. very common but most people don't like no 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 i would never feel like that um but it is cool and we shared this last time you know your social media every time I see it, there is, there is that like, that's so awesome. And then, you know, I think naturally it sparks like a desire to, for yourself then to be like, okay, how can I be inspired by this or not for, for certainly not like steal it, but like have that you're open to a different way of presenting maybe what you're doing. And then you see it presented a different way. Like, Oh yeah, that's, that's another way to go. And I think all that stuff is just a positive. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's the metaphors and stuff like that we talk about, but uh, it's like, there's plenty of fire hydrants and you don't have to piss on all of them. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's good. You know, like there's so many fire hydrants and, you know, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I do think what's interesting and strange and sometimes frustrating about the fitness industry we were talking about the other day. Um, and, and maybe it's changing with people like you and us, but, um, sometimes fitness is just like, well, it's just fitness. You're a fitness place. They're a fitness place. It's like, oh, you want to whatever is happening inside those walls just gets kind of lumped into this one category. And I think sometimes that can be frustrating because you're trying to set yourself apart or say, Hey, this is why we're different. Not maybe better just to get the right people and to get that word out there. And often you get just kind of labeled as like, well, it's just fitness. And that can be tough to create that distinction, I think, but, but perhaps that's, I don't know. Maybe it's we're getting there. So not not even just tough. I find it uh one of the most frustrating things ever because <laughs> and you know, I don't know your story completely, Bill. I mean, we we talked just a little bit 
at least for me, I feel like everything that I've um, worked through cognitively has come from my association with fitness. And so to me, like I, I hold the gym as like this really sacred place that's capable of doing so much. And so when someone does, like you just said, like reduce it down to something so superficial and so, you know, you could say like narcissistic or, you know, like so surface level, um, you know, it's, it's hard for me not to be, I mean, that's, that's like the, the battle I'm, I feel like I'm fighting. It's like, no, 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 you don't get it. Like you don't understand what this place really is. And, uh, yeah. And and I know you guys feel the same way. Yeah. Like almost it's not transactional. It doesn't have to be transactional. And there's certainly places that do that and that's fine. Um, but yeah. And of course it comes from a place of, you see what it's done for you personally. And you want to, of course, help, um, share that with other people and show them like, look how powerful this can be if you are open to it. But that's kind of also where the road divides, I think. And I'm sure you've had plenty of people come through your doors that it's just, it's like not, maybe they don't get it. Um, Yeah. And I I think um, because, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years, that's because I'm at that place. It's what I want to lead with, with everybody. And I really was like, ha, ah, you know, uh, man, if I was 22 and a 40 year old came and, you know, was telling me to project ahead with when they die and tell me your narrative, I'd be like, Hey man, I'm just, I'm just trying to like, not be fat. <laughs> so, so yeah. I get it. And I have to remind myself, like, you know, I was there at one point and, um, yeah, I feel like this thing that we're doing is such a, it's, it's anti, it's like anti-sales, it's anti-fitness because nothing here is like a short-term solution, uh, even relationship, right? I mean, it's like, I have to, and I know it's the same in therapy as well. It's like, I have to earn the right to even have that conversation with you and, And then to a large extent, I think that um, some of those conversations can't happen until, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, uh, it's not going to happen while the sun's shining. You know what I mean? Like to use another metaphor, it's like like somebody's had to experience some darkness or they've at least had to project ahead or, or, or even simulate what that might be like in their life. And then I feel like that's when we can go to that level. Um, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I'd, I, I would agree in that, <clears throat> on, certainly on the statement of at 22 and 40 and, you know, what are you thinking about? And there's always like phases or seasons of, of life or experience. And, and I don't think we want to admit it as much as it exists, but like timing is a huge factor. And like, the timing, the time period in our life that we're in currently, it's almost impossible to like actually supplant yourself in a different time period or environment, like future. Like I, I won't know what it's like, and hopefully I won't know what it's like for a very long time to get a 
piece of medical information that suggests I'm coming home soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I hope that's very long from now. And we can like cognitively go through these exercises, but, and they're great to do that. And I think that's, you know, memento mori and all of these stoic types of different things. Mm-hmm. But I also think that the like lived reality of each person is that, yeah, where they're at, at their, at that point in their life, the timing of whatever the lesson and the nugget might be, it could be so good. But if the timing just isn't the, not the right time, but the time that allows that nugget to, or that seed to really grow, that's just what it is, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But the, the, the part about, you know, the deeperness, the, the, the more depth to it, that was something that when I first met Kariana and at her, you know, at her gym and CrossFit, it was the first time I was really, and it was the first time I was part of CrossFit. um, That's what struck me most was that this wasn't about coming from college athlete, uh, college athletics, and then preparing for the military. There's a very performance driven intent with exercise. I'm training in the off season so that when I put the Jersey on, I'll be stronger, faster, better at the, the sport I'm playing. I'll be able to run faster, hopefully, you know, you know, do more things right in that performance piece. But when I met Kariana, it was like what really struck me, one of the things was like, oh, wow, this is like we're doing movements and we're doing workouts here, but there is such, something so much deeper than six-packs and PRs and mm. stuff. And I think being an athlete, that was so different because it it was the experience needed to pull me out of that time of train to perform. And it really kind of was this thing of like, now you experience through workout. And that was but, like a But mind. do you think that was, do you think that's CrossFit? Do you think that was CrossFit at the time? Do you think that was like No, I think it littlest... was you. Okay. I think it was you because of your, and not every coach was like that. Mm-hmm. There were some coaches that were like, okay, thanks for protecting me and teaching me how to do a deadlift. Like I, I, I value that, that for sure. Mm-hmm. But the individual, and I think that that's the thing, like the uniqueness and what that person also is going through at that time in their life or has been through in their life, their experiences, adding the uniqueness to then how they create, disseminate, and involve others in these experiences where it's like just so much deeper. I don't know. Does that make any sense? Was that, was that intentional? Like, was that something that you, you consciously thought about as you were coaching at that stage? Like, Hey, I want to really, you know, touch these people at a deeper level or, or yeah, we're doing the workout, but we're going to try to incorporate like this little nugget in that Mm -hmm. way. Or was it just something that was happenstance? Yeah. I mean, I found CrossFit after being in fitness for however long, 10 years, maybe, you know, like traditional personal training and ISM, teaching spinning, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when I found CrossFit, there, to me, there was this experiential piece, like something different than that. Um, and so, you know, I, I was at kind of a transformative period of my life, but I think that because that resonated with me, that's kind of what I just carried forward and tried to 
sprinkle in, you know, and, and mm-hmm. into, which is kind of an interesting thing because I, at the time did, um, you know, I was at like a regional athlete at the time. And so there was that like competitive piece, but I think that's also why it became kind of unhealthy for, for me because it was deeper. And then there was the com- competitive piece. And I think it was like at odds a bit. Um, mm. But for, for most people, I felt like this is something that's just super powerful for them to, I mean, it is kind of the Greg Glassman thing, like, you know, that talk he gave in, um, at the like affiliate gathering in Montana where he was talking about like, get everybody in your gym to put what they want in a, in a hat. You know, I want to be a better father. I want to be better at my job, blah, blah, blah. And then like in six months, ask them how it's going. Um, so I guess it's kind of that, but just you have to, I think you have to be intentional with that in the culture you create in any gym, CrossFit or not. Um, it doesn't just happen just because you're doing wall balls or, mm. you know, it's not the movements. I agree with that. I agree with that quite a bit. So what, so your gym, tell us a little bit or, you know, Explain. This is Spencer, everybody. Yeah, Spencer. <laughs> we have Fifteen minutes. Yeah, they're uh, like, I'm glad not... you just picked where you guys left off. But what the hell? This... So People tell us like, oh, what's happening. Who is this Hold guy? <laughs> yeah, tell us who is Spencer. What? What? Tell us about your current life. Life <laughs> predicament. Uh, so much like you guys. Um, I started a gym in 2008 here in Dallas. It was called the CrossFit Dallas Central. And shortly after, uh, like maybe six or eight months later, I was like, oh, you know, I really liked the the seminar experience. And so I'll do that as well. So almost in conjunction with opening a gym, um, you know, it was a much different process to get on staff at that point but pretty much started those two journeys at the same time and have had, uh, you know, lots of wonderful and really tough experiences as a business owner and as a fitness professional. And then let's call it 2018, um, had a really hard season where, and, and kind of to the, extent that you guys were talking about, like there just seemed to be a disconnect between what I, what I wanted to do and the impact that I wanted to have. And this model that had been set up, it didn't seem like I could really demand that impact to happen every single time. And in some of those things that I want to say, I don't um, disagree with, but I just wanted to tease out in greater detail was if, if you get people into a group like, how can you make them a better father? Like, what what are the actual things that you have to do so it's not just um, a happy accident? You know, we talk about the black box model, and I and I love that, but I wanted I wanted just to have I'm someone that likes systems, and I and I want to know like what what could I really do to to influence that? Maybe not control, but influence that better. And so I I was a little. I don't know if burnout's the right word, but a little just frustrated with how little influence it felt like I had. You know, 2018, 
lots of people coming in, but we had no structure around the business as far as, um, you know, someone, someone could come in and not have a single conversation with someone intentionally from when they started to when they decided that they didn't want to be a member anymore. And, and so taking that, you know, other things that I'm sure are quite common, you know, like the, the coaches had no incentive to, to be professionals because we were paying them by the hour and they quickly figured out like, okay, I'm going to have to do lots of private training if I'm going to be able to pay my bills. And so there was just a lot of stuff that, that wasn't great. And then COVID happened. There was a series of things that happened where some of these ideas that I, that I had had, um, about giving everyone a personal coach, but, but remaining within a group, um, starting to customize a little bit more versus just kind of shout scaling recommendations at the whiteboard. These, these were things that because of COVID, we were able to, to basically do whatever the hell we wanted, uh, because there was no protocol on what you were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, we put everyone as there was, you know, shelter in place, we put everyone on a personal training software. And so instead of doing, um, you know, zoom or anything like that, we said, you know what, this is going to be an opportunity to give everyone a taste of what it feels like to have a really bespoke and customized program. And it was manageable because they had little equipment, right? Us, like I'm sure a lot of gyms, we, um, you know, rented out, not rented, but we basically like, you know, handed out all of our equipment. Uh, and so we knew that we could, we could handle creating these basically templated programs that felt very personalized for them. And then the great fortune we had is that right when COVID happened, we were moving into a different facility. And as they came back to work out in the gym, we kept all of that. And so there were some initial things that, that were kind of just a happy accident that we decided to maintain. And then the ball just kept rolling. You know, every member has their own coach. Um, every person has these required check-ins where they sit down, they have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. My background's in cognitive science. And, and I, when I got into fitness and, you know, fell in love with CrossFit, it was never even a thought that those worlds would combine, mm. but in conjunction with some of the changes from a business standpoint, it just made more and more sense that you couldn't really separate what someone's thoughts and behaviors were from the results uh, from a fitness standpoint. And so much so that I feel like at this point, behavior, thoughts, identity, if you can't, if you can't start to have some type of conversation around that, then back to that original thesis of how could you influence, like you're, you're really handcuffed to, to connect with the member on a level that could do exactly what coach Glassman mentioned. Otherwise it's just a happy accident. Mm -hmm. So long story short, um, we had made all these changes and I was pretty happy with the way that it was going, but this weird thing, and this was, you know, probably like, um, the end of 2021 people would come in 
And now they had to have a sit down conversation and we just hear what it is they're looking for. And we tell them all these cool things that we were doing and they would be disappointed at it. Like they would, they would be like, uh, kind of put off that we were suggesting something that wasn't CrossFit with whatever traditional CrossFit at this point looked like. Mm -hmm. And that was challenging because in my mind, it's like, no, 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 you don't get it. Like it's CrossFit, but it's, it's. Better. Plus this, isn't, yeah, isn't and it's all these things because I know what it's like to only do that one thing. And it was just a huge like disconnect. It was a huge misread. And so a buddy of mine was hearing me complain about this and he said, Hey man, you've changed everything internally. When are you going to change the name? And it just gutted me yeah. because, right. you know, I'm loyal to CrossFit. Like I, you know, you're talking about coach glass and I feel like I owe so much to him and there's so much just in that journey of, you know, almost 15 years where I felt like I was turning my back on not being called that. But it, the more I thought about it, it did feel like the name was misrepresentative. It's not that CrossFit's bad and what we're doing is good, but just as I mentioned, I wanted something that conveyed more accurately what we were on the path to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, man, we hired like a brand strategist and, uh, on the way home from Colorado, my wife and I, we got like a pen and pad and we, you know, she was writing out hundreds of words like, okay, this is a good word. This is a good word. You know, just like this huge list of words. And we landed on behavior and performance research after a whole lot of dialogue. And I mentioned this to the brand strategist. He's like, that's a, that's a terrible name. You can't, you can't call it that. He's like, he is like, it sounds like a seventies government, like uh institution. I was like, that's, that's perfect. Yeah, you know, that's, 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 that's what I want. Yes. Um, because I wanted something a little speakeasy. I wanted something a little yeah. um, less sounding like, uh, you know, hard ass gym, no offense if, you know, somebody's listening to this and their gym's called hard ass, but you know, something yeah. that, that felt a little bit more robust, felt a little bit mm -hmm. more multidimensional. Um, yeah. And so yeah, it requires a little bit of like inquisition too. It's not like, yeah, because it's like, Oh, that's a gym. Okay. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Not just maybe like, yeah, hard ass fitness. You kind of know what you're getting. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if that answers the the question that you were looking for, but that's that's where we're at right now. And um, I'm in a weird place from a coaching standpoint because I don't feel like – how should I say this? So much of fitness is mathematical. It's, it's percentages and it's progressions. And stepping into this world of coaching behavior and in coaching identity and coaching mindset, it's such a different skill set. And it feels so much more like being a craftsman and mm -hmm. being an artist that mm -hmm. for many years I relied on my capacity to memorize stuff and kind of be a showman. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm realized yeah right i mean you know you talk about the level one i mean it's, it's like you're this you know broadway actor doing you know a thousand shows a year and you know what is fitness and all this stuff and it's just it's so 
it has so little to do with being a know-it-all and it feels like it has so much more to do with humility and and not really being attached to an outcome because mm-hmm. like I said earlier my desire is like oh, I just want to fix people you know the same way I kind of fix myself and you realize like <laughs> it's not really it's not really the game that I'm that I'm now saying I want to play and, mm-hmm. and so from a coaching standpoint I feel even getting on you know with lots of honesty with you guys I was like man I, I don't have I don't really have much that I need to show in terms of like what I know. It's like, I don't really know what what I can contribute because that's how I feel at this point as a coach. It's like, I'm trying to transition to the level of, of kind of being this Jedi where it's not even me doing anything, but it's just kind of sitting back and like asking the right questions. And yeah, yeah. It's funny because we have this, I, now I'm coaching, training, whatever the word, it, it doesn't, it's funny that you say that because it doesn't even, I don't even know what the word is. Like right. I operate and provide operator. space for people at the gym. You're an um, operator. That sounds right. I'm an operator. And like, I'll come home and be like, I don't know, you know, cause we don't, I know you, you know, one of the posts you put up that was like so great was about choosing the right movements like so when we talked about this but like so you're not like if you're coaching a barbell snatch there's there's a lot that has to go into that movement so that the person is safe when you stop coaching such high, when you you know when, when those high skill very technical movements maybe aren't part of the everyday it provides a lot more space to coach the human mm-hmm. and you know there are days where I'm like we've our people will go in, we have like an open policy so they can go in on their own and do their own workouts. I mean, some people will, some won't, but it is much more of a connection situation. Like what, what did I, did I like get them better at fitness today? But is that really the goal? Like that person isn't going and competing in a powerlifting meet in four months and working on like you know, their deadlift and bringing in their straps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's, but you know, it's also, um, when you relied on, or when that was the being able to run a class and knees out, da da da, Spencer, good, get your chest up, 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 and just like, and stand and down. And like, you know, that was like, that was like regarded as like, yeah, you can cue and coat. And, that, and that's great for what that is. But it is kind of find, finding the value again and being like, oh, okay, this this is valuable. Like people are finding value in this. It's not just because, you know, they didn't get 10 cues on their squat in that set of 20. Like that's not what we're doing. That's not what mm-hmm. we're, that's not when they walk out the door, what had them feel like that was a really great experience in our gym. And, you know, to hear to hear you say that, is makes me think in that previous model, it was so easy to feel successful your, yourself as a coach. Like there Bingo. were, there were things it's like, man, if I could just nail this, it's a great hour. And now I'm kind of searching for, man, how do I even know I did a good job? And, and that's my own hangups, right? Because I want to, I want the pat on the head and I want to be, 
I want to feel like, oh man, you know, I did a really good job here. But I think what we're talking about is it's just a different, it's a different game. It's one I want to play, but it's just, uh, like you said, it's like, why, okay, what are they really here for? Maybe, yeah. maybe it's not, maybe it's not even related to, you know, the workout. Yeah. Right. And I think as coaches, guides, whomever, whatever we're labeling it as, I think we've done a, we've done our job when the client, the member, whomever can turn to us before, during, after whatever the session and with honesty say, I don't need you. We've done our job. Hmm. But, but like, I but want, yeah, but I really value this. I, 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 I want this. I know like, I don't need you anymore. And I think that's when as coaches and guides, we can be like, uh-huh. And that's, I think mm-hmm. the Jedi mm-hmm. and having like the performance nature of different models, different types of classes, different experiences, even, you know, those are very much about the coach. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, a little personal bone I have to pick with that is coaching by definition isn't about the, it's not about the coach. It's not about the guide. It's not about that. It's about the person who they're coaching. Right. And, and I've been there too, where when I first started coaching CrossFit classes, it was, I realized too, like, wow, this is, I'm making this all about me. And what's difficult with that is as a former athlete, like the coach doesn't go onto the field and play the game for you. <laughs> like the, like yeah. there's a there's a hard limit to where the coach can go. But and you've put a po- a post up that we refer to about pro, uh, movement selection and 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 you know like an elevated view on the movements that we program for people. And one of the things we loved so much about that was. And and what's cool about the collaborative kind of thing of like, you know, rising tides and whatnot is like, mm-hmm. we've said to our people or internally for sure to, to the two of us, like, we're coaching, we're coaching humans. We're, we're coaching humans. We're not coaching body parts. You know, we're, we're not coaching equipment. Mm-hmm. We're not running, you know, like like operating a machine, like a crane. Like, okay, if I pull on this, that happens. Like, that's just not how it goes. And so, for that deeper connection, ask diving into the, uh, well, what do I do if I don't have to tell someone to get their knees out? It's like, yeah, that's the elevated problem to solve. Mm-hmm. As a coach who's guiding someone through identity, behavior, life, whatever, you know, whatever. And not it might to be. say we don't like if someone is squatting, you're not ever gonna help them do it correctly. I mean Yeah, of course it's not. Like Spencer's picturing our gym with people just knees touching like we're not gonna No, no, not at all. Not at all. Mm-mm. But I mean, you know, it's certainly I, I was 
one of our coaches the other day, you know, I had a conversation with one of our former coaches and, um, I kind of realized how much, um, you know, a great example of that is when there's a workout in a CrossFit gym where it's like rowing, just rowing or mm-hmm. rowing and pushups. Like, and for me, when we would have those workouts, I like loved those because it provided that, that was like an opportunity. You didn't have to, people weren't bouncing around. They weren't all over the gym. You could really like speak to people and kind of mm-hmm. layer in some things because you weren't so busy with keeping people safe and, you yeah. know, making sure they don't kill themselves. Um, but I think a lot of coaches like, and I think to go back, to, not to go back to CrossFit, but like even that little piece has, I think could elevate so many CrossFit gyms if they didn't want to maybe go all the way to where, where we're all going to just get a little more comfortable with that. Cause I think a lot of coaches are uncomfortable with that. They'll just turn up the music or it's kind of like sit in the corner. I don't know, but that's like a great opportunity to not maybe connect with people cause they're still in the workout, but, um, but it's just kind of an interesting thing that there's a reliance on the, the technical um, and that that's the mark of coaching and yeah, we, we kind of disagree. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like, what, what do I do if, if I'm not able to brief at the whiteboard, call people up and down in a squat or offer correction. And it's great that you say that we, you know, because we're not programming high intensity workouts every day, a couple of times a week, it'll be zone two, very, very loose structure. So there's lots of ways to navigate this. Mm -hmm. And because we're still meeting in group sessions a few times a day, we've talked as a staff, like, Hey, this is what, this is what you're going to do at this moment. And it's everyone's favorite day is just because you didn't realize that, Hey, that way to connect with people, that's actually what culture is. Like, that's actually what community is like this thing of, (laughs) Hey, look how great I did queuing everyone up and down. Like that's, that's PE. You know, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not creating a culture with adults. Like it's culture is creating these moments where, where people can connect either with you or with each other. And these days that you're describing are, you know, if it's a classic CrossFit workout, it has to happen after the fact, right? right. I'm convinced that this thing that, that we're all, um, you know, holding on to very delicately this, you know, group training and, and culture and all this stuff. It's because of what happens like after the actual workout, it has sure. little to do, uh, in my opinion, with, with how great the coach is at coaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and as I hear us talk, maybe, maybe a better words, like, what do we call ourselves now? Like maybe it's a Sherpa, right? Cause the Sherpa gets no attention. You know, it's right, like this, right. the other guy going up the mountain and they're just kind of like, you know, you know, doing Time the heavy below. lifting for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that, and that I think that is also why there are CrossFit gyms or CrossFit classes with coaches that aren't technically great and people love that gym and they love their mm-hmm. community. And so, you know, it's like, okay, so we can get better technically and sure that's something, but the gym still is thriving and the coach is technically terrible maybe but like okay then it's not just about 
there's something amiss there. So, yeah. Fun fact. And I think I told Is you it fun? it's fun. <laughs> okay. It's fun for me. It's fun for me. You fun. were one of my level one instructors. Yeah. It's funny. I, that I is was funny. telling somebody that uh, earlier today. I just decided I was excited to get on here with you guys. And uh, I, I only did like a handful of military uh, seminars. In fact, I didn't get out of Texas very much. But so, so this, you know, the one at Fort Hood is one that sticks out in my mind. And yeah, it's pretty crazy to. I was the only civilian there outside of the instructors. Yeah, that he was wasn't right before yet. I went. Aha. Uh-huh. Which I felt completely i felt like i don't belong here i'm an imposter i you know uh all of those all of those human insecurities and then i also felt like this deeper desire to gain entry into that into that community speaking of community and and culture um Mm -hmm. and then you know moved home and met some blonde um (laughs) well there's i was thinking like what could be a good transition but there's really none but so I'm just going to transition us because I'm curious, like my, one of my, we, we relaunched the podcast a few episodes ago and it coincided with launching that, the dose that you've been, you know, you subscribe to. And so we thought it would be really cool with the podcast to have guests, um, do one of the workouts so far people have voluntarily, or we've voluntold them to do it and they haven't fought back. Um, but for sure, and it's always cool to hear people's experience. But in particular, I'm like really excited to hear about yours because we share, you know, because you do share this. No, no stranger to deeper. Yeah, mindset, deeper yeah. connection, using a workout as a tool. Um, so, yeah. So we're curious to, I think for you, for some people, we gave them kind of like, hey, here's the workout. And, you know, we kind of offered up to you like pick one if you've done more than one that you thought was particularly for whatever reason you wanted to share um so yeah what did you what do you got i've done several i've done several of them and i don't leave many of these feeling like a super athlete you know (laughs) there's there's several it's like jesus christ (laughs) that was that was really hard. That was like me on Tuesday night as well, testing next week's. Oh, man. Um, my wife and I did the one that you guys put up this week. And oh, cool. uh, nice. for those that don't know what that is, it's a death by format, which personally is one of my favorites because it means that you will fail at some point. And so it means you have to reconcile the fact that you will not be successful with this workout, even if you've postulated that to get to a certain round, it means you're a tough guy. I mean, at some point there is this moment. Yeah. Yeah. There's this moment where you say, I, 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 I didn't do it. Right. What's tricky. And I'm sure that you guys are the same way is that I've done so many iterations of this that I self herded through most of this workout thinking that I knew what I was going to experience. Mm. And so for those listening or watching that don't know what the workout was, it was a round of Cindy in the first minute and then 
transition to a concept two bike for the second minute and you wanted to make the uh the bike portion challenging but doable in terms of consistency did i get that right so far perfect yep Do you remember there was a, a period of time where it was really popular to, to have like a round of Cindy and then do a minute on the bike? It wasn't death by, but it was like basically an AMRAP back and forth. Uh, so I, I had done several versions of that a few years ago. So I kind of knew what I should be doing on the rower. And I thought, well, if I can do that on the rower, I can sure okay. as hell do it on the, the concept. And only bike. one round of Cindy. Right. Um, but I thought, you know, okay, you know, 40 seconds for a round of Cindy, all good to, to carry this forward, the format that you guys came up with, as you go back to Cindy, it's an additional minute. And, and I want some clarification. My wife and I, we didn't start the second round of Cindy until the clock beeped. I don't know if that was right or wrong, but that's that's how we interpreted it. So we did a round, waited the remaining part of the minute, did a second round, and that's how we kept going. Was that the did way like that you guys? Mom. Interesting. So this is, and I'll be quick with this. That's it's accurate because you did it with intention, like, and you had a thought, and it was like, hey, this is what we're gonna do. When I did it, it was I was thinking, um not to interrupt it so like got you two minutes to yeah do two rounds. so if i if you did so you if, kept if going. at 40 seconds you finished your 15th squad at 41 you know you're walking back to the pull-up bar but, but not a wrong way by any means but the way you did it i think i like it's more challenging yeah i really because like it's that like, yeah it's like mary isn't it mary is mary right. who um the or, 30 or, minute uh, imam bar- cindy it's the one where it's 30 minutes of every minute on the minute. And you start out and you're like, yeah, this is like yeah. seven minutes in. I like the way you did it. But that is tough because you're you're never buying time. You're never gaining that extra bit. So I, you know, I did 20 cows on the bike and I oh did boy. strict pull-ups. Mm-hmm. And I pooped out right at the beginning of six. And I saw mm-hmm. your score, Bill, and I thought... I mean, that was also challenging. So it's like, man, I, I really want to try to get to, (laughs) I don't know why I said this, but I was like, yeah, it'd be really cool to get to where Bill got. Um, But at that point it was like, it was really hard. It was really hard. And, you know, to make matters worse, my wife is like five, two and has really short limbs. And so we were facing each other this whole time. And, you know, she was doing like two, uh-huh. three squats for my one. And so this, this whole scenario, except for the bike, cause I'm, you know, a lot heavier than her. That was the I only time I felt like, 20, I what's that? I hope, she didn't, I hope she didn't do 20 calories on the bike. No, she did 12. Okay. Okay, good. I'm like, that would be terrible. She did. Tw- and I think she, I mean, I think she nailed it. She got all the way through the six rounds and back on the bike and wow. almost finished that. She, she's a better athlete than I am. So I had all these, I had all these, you know, great inputs that were, that were really challenging to find some way that I could 
be proud of what I did or, the, you know, the directive that you guys gave to just, what were the words that, that you had? Stay with it. Butcher- stay. Yeah. To stay with stay it. With so it. that was, yeah. that was my mantra. Um, but the mantra yeah. knowing full well that there was going to be some point where I couldn't stay with it. Yes. So I thought it was awesome. I'm full disclosure, really sore. We did yeah, it a couple of days ago. And, yeah. you know, some of the, the thoughts, the, the hot wash, the after action report is how, you know, at this stage, I need to stop looking back and trying to have some frame of reference for mm-hmm. what I judge as a good performance. Mm-hmm. To just have these workouts where it's like, hey, let me let me just be really present in the moment to not have these expectations of, you know, because some of that stuff I was talking about, that was like eight years ago. Right. I'm a completely different human. I'm a completely different athlete. Like, like right. honestly, me comparing myself to that would be like me comparing myself to, you know, one of you. It's like, it's not really, it's not really the same. So that was the thought that I had, how when you've been doing something for so long, it's easy to immediately like, you know, reach in the cookie jar of past experiences and and try to project what you're going to experience versus almost treating this with like a, a new set of eyes and a new set of, you know, limbs as you're, as you're going through this. And and that was, I think, the biggest like revelation. Not to go off on a weird tangent, um, but you know, we talked about my wife and just being married. I feel like we're in a place where we're both evolving, and so it's the same person, but I need like a new set of eyes to see like who she is, and and I feel like there's there's some similarities to exercise, like like these workouts that you guys prescribe and they're so good. And most of them, um, I've told myself this really boring narrative that I've, I've experienced every combination of functional fitness that you can produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, it turns out like that's, that's not true. Or even if it is true, that story isn't doing me any favors. You know what I mean? Like I can tell that that story that I'm telling myself that I'm kind of this, salty veteran of programming it it's it's doing me no service at all and some of these workouts has just been a great kick in the pants to be like you know what you need to have a new set of eyes for some of these things that you think you're so familiar with and you have to realize that the person that you are today is not the person that was doing crossfit 15 years ago yeah that sounds when you just shared that that sounds to me like it come out of your mouth speaking to your members hmm. verbatim maybe not cross it 15 years ago but like who you are today who you are right now is what we're focusing on mm-hmm. and who you are right now in route to becoming who you want to be but let's not let who you were control who you are right now mhm Behavior change, identity change, 
all of the, you know, research and development going down at your, <laughs> at your gym, right? It's like an incubator for behavior and identity change in a culture and an environment that supports that type of growth on purpose, not just the happy accidents, not just the, you know, daisy growing between the cracks and the sidewalk. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's a beautiful mm -hmm. notion to potential and resiliency. But like, oh, the actual environment that you and your wife and your team are creating down at your gym supports the kind of growth to to behavior and to identity and to an expansive experience of self. And when you say that in relates in relation to the salty veteran who's done every combination of Cindy and Murph and Barbara and Mary and like all of the things, right? Like push up, pull up, squat. How many multiples of that can we do? And to have the realization and the connection point be like the the value to almost receive the receive what it is that you are creating and dosing others with, mm. which is evolution or, you know, evolving self. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, can be, being a business owner can be a very lonely road. And you, you put so much focus on others. Uh, that's the thing I wish I could go back and tell myself, like, hey, this thing you're getting into, it's worth it but it's going to be a lot different than you think it is. It's going to be a lot less about what you're going to get out of it. And I think just to hear that from you is, is great. And it feels, it feels good to get some, to get some, some coaching sent, sent my way. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think we've, we, well, one. So does your wife coach as well? I, feel a little bit bad she's not on here she's just yeah stuck. uh that that would have been cool maybe another time now she's uh our kids are in a really cool uh, our kids are are pretty young they're nine uh six and four and two of them are in a a hybrid school where a couple days a week they're on campus and then a couple days a week they're at home um so kelly my wife is the uh the co-teacher you know on those days um, so she's been, she's been a mom and focused on that, uh, but did coach a little bit before we had kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, how did you get into fitness and fitness as a profession? I don't think we, oh man. Um, so I was not a great athlete growing up I, I feel like sometimes there's a misconception that that people are uh, in the fitness industry because they've just you know they've had just all this excess potential just bleeding out and they want to share it with others um, but, but I had some really challenging experiences growing up I have um, lots of family that was in the Navy and so towards the end of high school, I was like, Hey, I want to go to the Naval Academy. And, um, I was a good student, didn't play any sports, um, grew up with some pretty bad allergies and asthma. 
And so when I took the, uh, you have to take a aptitude test, a physical aptitude test for the academy, um, I failed it. So I got a congressional appointment, if you're familiar with that process. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, had the yeah. grades and I had the ACT scores. Wow. wow, yeah. But I didn't get in. And a lot of it was because of the, <laughs> just like having never done any of that stuff. Right. Wow. And so that was a huge um, blow. I mean, that was, the, I was already an insecure kid. And so to have that was really, was really tough. Um, down here in Texas, there's a school called, you know, A&M, which is pretty well known, but they have a, an ROTC program. Yeah. And so I, I entered that just because like, okay, I'll go here for a year. And then, you know, there's like kind of this back door where you can get into the academy. And so that was my plan. But when I got down to A&M in the core, as it's called, you go on runs every morning. And I instantly like couldn't keep up. It's a formation run. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're pretending to be in the military. So a lot of the things, you know, you would assume are, are kind of like they are in the, you know, the army or, you know, yeah. the, the, the real military. Um, and so I was put in this uh, remedial PT program with basically a bunch of fat kids and me. And I was in there for an entire year. And so you have these two experiences where it was like, hey, I've got to figure this out. Like this fitness thing that I didn't think was important, it turns out like it's, it's, it's making my life like a living hell. It's Mm. making my life miserable. And so, um, you know, I started to investigate like, what are some things that I could do? And what are some things that I could control? And, you know, at first it was something that was just, how can I get out of this group of, of fat kids, you know, to, to be really blunt. And then, you know, you start to figure out like, and also I was a a late bloomer, you know, so I, I was, when I graduated high school, really skinny, same height, I'm six, two, but I was 160 pounds. I mean, that's pretty, you know, that's pretty thin. Yeah. And so, you know, as I was learning this stuff, my body also was, you know, developmentally changing, which, which was lucky. Um, and so, you know, long story short, it was something that went from a huge insecurity to something that I felt like, okay, I, I can finally get out of this, you know, group. And then over several years, it was something that just turned into like a full-blown passion and, you know, almost an obsession, probably not necessarily in a, uh, a really healthy way to start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, a few things happened where I also started personal training um, from A&M went to work in sport performance and did that for a couple of years. And that's when my brother and I first, um, found CrossFit and, uh, yeah, just shortly after that, I came back to Dallas to get my master's in neuroscience. And that's when my brother and I, and another friend, uh, opened up the gym in 2008. So for the first couple of years I was in grad school 
and I was doing that at the same time. Um, and then, you know, just as, as CrossFit developed like that took all of my attention and focus and, um, and yeah, that's kind of, I'm, I'm trying to think if I left anything out. I mean, I, I think that's kind of the, the main bullet points there. It's funny because Bill and I have very different, you know, fitness stories, or I don't know, really know you came to fitness because of me, <laughs> but I said, you really came to fitness because of me. Like you didn't open a gym or like you, yeah, your yeah, fitness yeah. Yeah, for sure. has been like for a purpose. Yeah. And yeah. my story is actually very similar to, to your oh, really? Spencer. Where, yeah. I was just like, never, I mean, I, I did ski team. I did tennis. Like it, I was not an athlete. And it is funny because people always assume like, Oh, you know, you're an athlete, but sports you play. And it's like, I, I, I didn't, I would never call myself an athlete. Um, you know, gymnastics at an early age, but never had, you know, even the, I guess for me, like that commitment or that discipline, like, you know, when I see even our kids like practice, like that's totally foreign to me. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. even like had no interest in that. Um, (laughs) and then I went abroad for a year. I deferred my admission to school and went to Norway, which is where I have citizenship and family and wanted to do that. And basically it was a year of, I wouldn't say like debauchery, but quite a bit of going out not eating healthy. Um, so came back, had gained, you know, some weight, like did not do any fitness. I mean, walking to the bus to go in, to go out was like the most fitness we did. Um, but then when I came back, I, like a friend asked me if I wanted to start going to the gym. And the process for me was that like, oh, of like personal, yeah, like, like growth, like, wow, this is, I can like impact a change. I can make a change. And I just remember seeing when I first saw like a visual aesthetic result and it was like, wow, like this is working. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went on to like get a job at university of Maryland in the rec department and kind of the same. I went of course, totally overboard and it became, you know, com- completely like obsessive. Um, and then, you know, you find your, you balance out, but yeah, not, the athlete thing while now I, you know, I do identify with some of those traits of like, I guess an athlete. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like an imposter because I wasn't, I was never like officially an athlete. So, um, but I think that is probably why there's something deeper, you know, for, for for Bill, his experience is kind of, this is for a purpose. This is like got a function and a job. And for me, it was just like, yeah, this was like personally super rewarding and that's more common for most people what what they're going to find from fitness, not the performance piece. Yeah. The, you know, the interesting part of, and and I bet you have some similarities as well, but initially it was kind of what we were saying at the very beginning of our conversation. It was these things that I was really insecure about on the outside but then through CrossFit, I think as a lot of people achieve after a certain point, it's like, hey, I was in really good shape. Like I got to a point where it's like, hey, I don't, I don't look like a punk anymore. But I still, I realized that it didn't make me happy. Like, and I think that was kind of this crossroads at 
you know, 2014 to 2018, it's like, hey, this thing that you kind of put on this pedestal that if you could finally get it, it would solve all your problems. Mm-hmm. It didn't do jack shit. Mm-hmm. And, and even arriving there, it was a huge letdown. Like it was, it was just a huge existential crisis. Like, okay, what's, what's the point here? And, and what I determined is that I was still the really insecure 16 year old. And I like to joke that my pre-workout for, you know, 15 years was imposter syndromes, right? Like that's, that's the thing that that fueled me to, to do all this stuff. And it wasn't not until I could come up with a different reason for exercise that it wasn't because I was insecure, but actually I've, I've fallen in love with this. And when I do it, it makes me feel better and I can be a better dad and I can be a better father. Um, but that took a lot of, that took a lot of counseling and a lot of, a lot of journaling and a lot of, um, just, just introspection to arrive at that point that even, and it's kind of what we were talking about, right? Like, even though, we had done all the stuff that we were supposed to do. It was just so myopic. It was so short sighted of what fitness was really supposed to be like. Do you mind me asking, what did you put on the pedestal that was supposed to be the, you know, the savior? I think for so many years I had, I had told myself that I was too sensitive, too skinny, not masculine enough, hadn't had experiences that would let me know that I had what it took. Really, it came down to not feeling good enough. And I thought that if I could get to a point where statistically speaking that physically I was good enough that that would mean that I was good enough on the inside. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's really powerful to hear. And I think it's also speaks to this deeper, it's like an archetype typical archetypal i don't know what the right word it's an archetype Mm -hmm. that men typically um experience more of that proving oneself and in 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 different regards you know and like this question of um this question of will i be enough to perform when asked to do so Mm mm-hmm and to have experiences that ask that or don't. But when so much, like for me, some of the stuff that I've struggled with is in the military, I feel unsatisfied with my experiences because they didn't answer that question in the way that I wanted to answer it before going in. Hmm. And it's like, regardless of if I was really good at my job and got good results and blah, 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 and anything like that, it's like, you know, there's this there's this overemphasis on something that doesn't actually emphasize who you are. Mm-hmm. This 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 litmus test, this criteria. And I think males have, and you know, different have 
different people of different kinds, but it's really refreshing to hear somebody go through that and share it for other people also to hear it and, and, and see like, yeah, am I continuing to pour like water into this cup that's got a hole in the bottom? Mm-hmm. And because it is the deeper thing. And to hear both of you like share that finding fitness and getting attached to it and and immersed in it from a place of, you know, personal passion first, not, you know, a kind of logical purpose in the sense that this is for that. Like, mm-hmm. yes, this is to get out of the group or this is to, you know, reclaim my health or something, but like hitting so deeper, hitting that center that we call it like, you know, which is for like the who or the self, like hitting that essence of who you are. And fitness was just the, the, the access road to that. It wasn't the destination for it to be. And, and I think that like, it's just really cool to kind of, I think it's really cool to hear that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, I got to hang out with, we were in Colorado early this year and we went skiing with, uh, the Chans, Matt and Sheree, which you guys know. Yeah. And Matt and I had, um, a great conversation where we connected on that same point where it's great to, I think, just get older. And it's great to, to arrive at a point where it's like, pardon my French, just like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> and, you know, all these things that you think you need to do to prove yourself, you realize like no one was telling you that you had to do that. Like you, you, right. you may have had some experiences where it felt like you weren't enough, but then you get to a certain point where, you know, now it's like, Hey, I'm, you know maybe it's because i live with four girls but at this point it's like you know i'm really thankful that i'm uh sensitive and i have that side you know because for years like i just wanted to suppress that and it meant that i was you know more feminine than i was masculine or you know all these things that you know these little micro traumas that you know i just kind of suppress really i was like hey you know that's just kind of like part of who i am and um I know I'm tough, you know, in certain ways, but you know, not the toughest person ever. And it's like, God, just who the fuck cares? Uh, pardon, <laughs> pardon the language, yeah. but I love it. Yeah. Just to kind of cut yourself some, some slack, um, and, and find it, you know, and I think what's great is like, we didn't abandon fitness when we realized like, Hey, that purpose for it wasn't serving us very well, but mm. we were able to kind of reappropriate and remix and, and, and go just a little bit deeper versus I think several people just kind of slough it off is like, okay, if I, mm-hmm. if I don't want to be narcissistic with this anymore, then I just can't do it. And I think right. what, what I see with you guys and what's a, a wonderful thing to share in is just, uh, that can be so much more, right. It's, it's so much mm-hmm. more significant than, than the stuff that we, you know, sounds like both of us kind of initially gravitated towards. Very cool. Um. Oh my God! I was gonna. I can't believe I'm blanking out now. I was gonna ask you a question. 
Um, oh, 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 yeah. So, whatever happened to the ROTC thing? Man, um, A&M is, I don't, I don't know how, you know, I'm so close to it that I assume like, oh, everybody, everybody knows about A&M and knows about the core. Um, you can, you can go through that full program and after two years, you know, everyone's there on scholarship for the first couple of years, but after a couple of years, you can decide if you'll take a contract or, um, go what's called DNC, which means drill and ceremony, which means you literally wear the (laughs) uniform, but you, you do all the shitty stuff, but you don't go into the military afterwards. Right. And, you know, some of the experiences that I described to you guys were part and parcel with why I decided not to, but, um, yeah, it just didn't feel like the right decision. And it's one that, that I, I, I don't regret, like I wow, good. love good. everything that's in the military, but I think those experiences thought, you know, okay, this is, I thought it was this. And now with more detail and more clarity, um, yeah, it just was very, very clear and evident that that wasn't my, my path. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. What's it like to say that? To like, I'm sure you've, I'm sure you, this isn't the first time you said it, but like, you know, on a pod, like for you to hear yourself, I'm curious for you to hear yourself now saying that, what's it like? It, it totally feels, um, authentic. It feels mm-hmm. like, as I look at what I was able to experience, um, man, all the wonderful things that are in my life would be totally different if I had gone down that road. And so, you know, how I met my wife, how I got into CrossFit, all these things, you know, that I love and appreciate in my life. And I'm so thankful for, I'm sure something else would, I I would, I would spin it that if I did go in there and I'd say, Hey, that was awesome too. Um, but I like to, I like to look back with great, um, reverence and say man that was exactly how it was supposed to go so by saying that out loud it it feels like exactly what um you know my my journey was supposed to be nice that's cool yeah that's beautiful yeah i love that because there's this like coherency with one's autobiography Hmm. that's like a very good indicator of psychological health and mental fitness emotional fitness however you want to say and yeah you know, to to have it be part of a coherent story with this is where I was kind of to the timing bit and this is what it was, this is what it wasn't, this is what I struggled with, this is what I was thinking, and then that morphed into this thing, you know, as opposed to like reading the book and then like just hard, hard like next chapter, no coherency, no overlap mm-hmm. and the lack of smoothness from one chapter to the other or the lack of the coherent story is usually like in those pauses or in those breaks in the autobiography. It's almost like, Hey, that's, that's maybe where we should do some work, <laughs> you know, yeah. cause, cause we want to live like this kind of coherent, smooth thing. And, um, I just also like with what you're doing with the behavior, uh, you know, the behavior coaching too, it's, and some of the, exercises that you lead your clients through it's it's like a cool 
it's just a cool thing to share of like having the leader of your community, you know, living it as well. And that's always so powerful. No textbook is going to teach that. No performance is going to validate that. But to have you leading it and leading your people through it is really cool. And so it's like, so what do you have to do to get better as a coach? Or what do you do for these people? It's like, well, you just, you just be you. <laughs> and it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, you know, once again, with the behavior coaching, it's like the reason we're doing this is because I've been the recipient of more of that than anyone in this entire facility, you know? Mm -hmm. So if it's, uh, if it's some, if, if we're a dumb analogy, if we're like a transplant Institute, it's like, I've, I've received the most transplants here and that's, <laughs> that's why I'm in charge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, when we, when we rebranded, I was really, nervous and self-conscious that you know there were going to be riots in the streets that our members would you know be so outraged that we changed the name and so we we had everybody over to our house and you know just kind of had like a little celebration and i shared that story that i shared with you guys and you know shared the second part it's like hey just getting fit didn't didn't really you know give me mm -hmm. any type of self-actualization and it was a really wonderful and, and special moment to share that because I could tell that one, that was a shock to them because I had never really been open like that. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe because I was a little reluctant. Maybe there's, you know, what's the great pulpit to have that conversation. Um, but mm -hmm. since then, it's been, uh, you know, what are they, I, this may not be the right term but I've, I've heard it called like the jahari window that when you share something about yourself like it in, it in it inclines people to share things about themselves but mm. from that conversation it's uh it's kind of like open the door for it to be okay uh to not be a tough guy to not be as fit as possible while you're in here you know to have some hang-ups to not be a finished product um and all these things that uh has been like a really good thing. So yeah, it's like having the, the vulnerability to share, um, I think has been something that is transforming our, our business as well versus, mm -hmm. you know, just trying to back to the hard ass fitness, you know, like trying to just project, <laughs> like you know, how tough you are. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing, man. This was awesome. Yeah. This was great. This is what we mean by it's it's tough to like in hours, like, wow, an hour. I know. I know. But I guess um that's what they say. That's what it is. That's, that's what, what we're doing. Yeah. Well we'll have to have a part two. That's all that means. Yeah. Um, Amy is or Kelly. Kelly, Kelly, sorry. Bill is terrible with names. Yeah. And me is the I, um, that's why <laughs> when I first Spencer. learned her name it was like Spencer here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I first met Kariana, it was like, "Ah, eh, that's that's K." Like just the letter. Yeah, my we're, I can, was we're good like with that. At the fact that my beautiful Norwegian name was reduced to K, but that's okay. Oh, yeah, man. you do know my name now. So. I do. Yes, I some, do. Some somehow you you made it through that that trial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna. This is it's propping up our bookcase. The field manual. Very cool. Hey. Very, very cool. I wanted to put this out there and talk Amazing. about it. Um, 
because people listening might be like, well, I don't live in Dallas. And it's like, right. And you can get a taste for Spencer's prescription, I suppose, what what you have in the lab through the field manual, which is really cool. We really love it. Um, Check it out. It's on Amazon. Yeah. I went to school for graphic design, not fitness. Oh, and you so when did. I that, I'm like, this Bill, is so you're lucky cool. to have her as a business partner. Listen, uh, without a doubt, without a doubt, um, <laughs> in many ways. I mean, well, thank you. That that means a lot. Super cool. We love it. Yeah, it's so really awesome. It hits so many cool things. Song. Yeah. So buy this thing. Support yeah. Spencer. He's a real human. And you did this all yourself, right? Well, yeah, it was kind of in conjunction with the launch party. I just thought it would be yeah. really cool to have like a, a manifesto to explain yeah. why we were going in this direction. And so, yeah, it was really just an internal thing. But um, I've had friends Love like it. you guys that have um, just based on curiosity wanted to see it. So, yeah, it's cool yeah. That, Love it. that you guys Super have cool. that. It means, it means a lot. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, you want to do the like, where can people find you thing? What is your Spencer Nix got got in early on uh, Instagram, so it's just just my name N I X. Uh, the the gym is where I'm putting most of the consistency with, and that's BPR dot Institute. And uh, yeah, if you if you follow, I'll see it. If you leave a comment. I'll respond and it'd be cool just to can, honestly, it would be cool to connect with anybody that's uh, I feel like we've planted this flag and we're, we're trying to gather people around it. So I, I would be super interested just to connect with other fitness professionals or individuals that, that kind of feel a little disenchanted by um, you know, maybe the two thousands model of fitness and is looking for something yeah. more. So that'd be super cool. Yeah, there's awesome. a, there's a few people I know that come to mind that I, I'm fairly certain they'll they'll gather around the flagpole. Yeah, they'll gather. But Spencer, really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for so much. Being so open, so honest, and continuing to provide value, man. Thank you guys. What an honor to be here with you. Appreciate it.